0: labor unions. Known for work. Famous for strikes. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why labor unions are secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. I'm joined by three incredible guests today, Matt Apodaca, Heather Ann Campbell, and Nick Weiger. Three incredible guests. I'm I'm very wealthy in, in friendship. Feels good. Matt and Heather and Nick are the three co-hosts of How Did This Get Played, which is a very very funny Earwolf podcast about the worst and weirdest video games ever made and and some joy about great games too. There there's a lot there. And these three have many many other things going on too. Matt Apodaca is an amazing improviser. You've probably heard him guesting on Comedy Bang Bang. Heather's an amazing improviser as well. You can see her on Whose Line Is It Anyway? on TV. Also, a wonderful writer. She's been part of The Twilight Zone, Rick and Morty, SNL, to name just a few. And Nick is co-host of an amazing podcast called The Doughboys, and he's written comedy for Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Comedy Central, um, one of my favorite funnier Die videos of all time. Uh, these folks are up to many, many, many things all at once, and I am so glad they fit in a whole nother taping to come hang out with me about unions. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Acknowledge Matt and Heather and Nick each recorded this on the traditional land of the gabrielino wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples, and acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about labor unions. That is a patron chosen topic. Many thanks to John Ford for that suggestion and and for your general support of the show in general. Thank you, John. Also, thank you to Phil Stewart for cheering this one on. This topic is a humongous one. It it could be hundreds of hours long. Also, the stuff we've got here is relatively dark, I think, mainly just because unions have been through a lot and, and faced a lot of friction as they've gone around also, one thing to like fill in briefly, because we're going to touch on it at the top, we're going to talk about the IATSE strike. IATSE is the shorthand for I-A-T-S-E. That's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which is a union in Hollywood that, as of early October 2021, has voted to go on strike IATSE is a humongous union. A few of the jobs included in there are cinematographers, operators, grips, editors, costumers, makeup artists, writers assistants, set painters, script supervisors, production coordinators, and craft services. We won't talk a ton about their potential strike because it wasn't, you know, resolved when we taped this, that we didn't know what would be going on when you hear this. There will be writing and links in the show links about what's going on with them. And I think that's all you need to know. So please sit back or fill out a card that says, yes, you'd like to collectively listen to this podcast with other people who also filled out cards. It's coming together. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Matt Apodaca, Heather Ann Campbell, and Nick Weiger. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. There, Nick Matt, this is amazing. thank you all so much for doing this and, uh, and of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it, and you know any of you can start, but how do you feel about labor unions?
1: I'm for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in favor uh, we, i'm a, i'm a member of I'm actually a member of i believe. Four different unions, uh, because and I lose count a little bit because some of these are are semi-lapsed because they were jobs that I did in fields I don't really work anymore. Um, but WGA, I'm an active member of the Writers Guild, uh, and DGA um, with the Directors Guild, uh, SAG-AFTRA, which is uh, for actors, and IATSE, which is about to. As we're recording oh. this, I'm not sure where we'll be when this episode releases. Is in the midst of a labor struggle. They have uh, passed a strike authorization vote. I'm saying they because this is a a, a, lap, a lapsed membership of mine. They have uh, they have passed this uh, this this vote with a, a, a 90% turnout, 98% yes. So it's an enormously powerful thing that they've done. Um, but I have an, I have a, a an old IATSE membership because that's they represent animation writers in certain. You know, for oh, certain okay. shows. So yeah. So I I, I think that my counts at four. Heather, yeah, you you have to be in at least a couple of unions.
2: Yeah, I'm in um the Writers Guild. I'm in SAG-AFTRA. I'm in IATSE. uh, I'm also in the Songwriters Guild. Uh, wow. Because I've cool. written enough music over the years that that I get residuals from songs that I've written, and my relationship to unions is uh. Uh, as a former libertarian, is pro. Oh, and I can go into I could go into that if I wanted to, or I if you <laughs> wanted me to, I could.
0: Like, were you anti as a libertarian, and now you are pro?
2: Well, I used to think that I was anti, but the more I thought about what market pressures meant, uh, I f- was mm. like, but unions are a response to market pressures. Like the union, the the market functioning as it should means that unions should exist because it is a it right. is a responsive measure. So huh. even if you even if I was still a libertarian, I think I'd still be pro union because it it's ha- like that that's how the free market adjusts.
1: Right. But you yeah. but yeah. you'd be against you'd be against driver's licenses.
2: Yeah. I I think <laughs> If you can find your way into a car, you should be allowed to drive it. <laughs> it.
3: And, and I guess I'll say for me, uh, famously, uh, Union Buster—just uh, just uh That's a
1: real source of tension on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, right. um,
3: I, I'm, a, I'm very, I'm pro-union. I'm not currently in any unions. Uh, if there are any reps listening,
0: <laughs> uh, union I, reps yeah <laughs> right. A shop steward by the end of this you will be a pipe fitter we're gonna make it happen <laughs> please, please, do oh, it.
3: please uh yeah i'll take any I'll, I'll i'll join any union that'll take me um i was previously <laughs> in the union for when I, mean, I worked at a grocery store i worked at albertson's and right. uh i had to join um the like the, i guess the grocery union i don't know what it's called now but uh and i remember uh Thinking positively of that, but also being 19 and not really understanding uh, like what it meant logistically, but that I could get a discount to Knott's Berry Farm if I wanted to buy tickets through them. Uh, so that was something that oh. I, uh, yeah, that was like a benefit of joining. I was like, okay, I, I'm listening. You got discounts? I'm, let's talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, it, and it sounds like they made, like, they made sure, you, maybe your fellow coworkers or something, they were like, oh, now that you're here, join up. Right, or was yeah, it just yeah? It was like- something
3: that was told to me because, like, people that work at grocery stores are either. Uh, just started working there or have been there for 40 years. Um, And so everybody, (laughs) all my, like, best friends when I worked at the grocery store were, like, 50 years old. (laughs) Like, they, like, started working there, like, uh, forever. And I would always be, like, the younger people that I would work with, I'd be like, you guys are a little too extreme with me. I got to go have a little Caesar salad in the break room with Susan. Thank you very much. (laughs) And, like, they would would tell me, like, hey, get, they got me, like, take, they caught me to, like, adopt a cat from a box from the, like, from the parking lot of the grocery store. I listen to everybody older than me that I worked with. They were all they were all really nice.
0: This topic's a patron pick, but I chose you guys as a group because I figured some or all of you are in unions right now. And I also I had no idea there's a union that grocery workers are in, which yeah. is probably foolish. I, I, that's probably well known to people, especially if they've done it.
3: I wish I knew more about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a reasonable assumption because so much of the service industry is not... You know, we are a service economy, but so much of the service industry is not unionized. And, and, and if you think of, honestly, probably the biggest grocery sellers in the country, which I assume are Walmart and Target, are, are I believe, non-union. Walmart certainly yeah. non-union. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I, I only know that, that, that they're unionized because there was a strike uh, in mm-hmm. California of Albertson's workers and Albertson's affiliated grocery stores. So it was a period where, like, you had to go to – this is when I, w- when, I had, uh, when I had less money – and so, you you know, to not cross the picket line, you had to go to a more upscale grocery store that was more expensive to to, to just to honor that. So, like, now, now you were also being like, okay, well, now I've got to go Whole Foods or Bristol Farms um because everyone's picketing at the Albertsons and the Vons.
3: Yeah. But that was, and like, I remember, in
1: the mid-2000s. That was maybe before you worked there, Matt.
3: Yeah, because I started working there right out of high school. So, like, in 2009. But during – I was there for almost – I think it was there for like four years, almost five years. Wow. Um hmm. I I wish I knew how to utilize like like the union, like when I was in it. Because looking back, I was like, oh, I definitely needed their help because <laughs> like there was times where I you know I'd stay and I'd be working longer than I should have oh. probably, or like someone's not working, somebody didn't come into the work in the butcher like in the butcher block. Could you cover mm-hmm. the butcher block? I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem like something i should be doing I, i'm not uh well, i don't think i have a food handler's per, uh, permit or like a, a certification to wield that sort of like that blade like whatever whatever they got back there no uh but yeah i would always end up in i did everything at that store and i'm like they probably shouldn't have let me do that it seems like it's probably not a good uh. Uh, good thing uh that they had me do
0: like a union rep sees the tape of you in all the different departments sped up and they're like, just <laughs> sweating. Like how? Yeah, yeah. Just Where like, was you know, I? Just
3: truly <laughs> bouncing around every single department and doing a bad job in every single one. Like just like, just <laughs> eating shit, writing on cakes and stuff. Like just had the worst time. They're, I, they would like want something written on a cake and I would be like, are you absolutely sure? Because I'm the only person back here and I can't do it just like watching <laughs> watching like balloons that i'm filling up fly into like the lighting fixtures and like sparking just like yeah matt's and balloons again
0: i hope you do that balloon thing and then a union ref's behind you like you can't fire him that's just how it is So guess, yeah. uh, they
3: did not want to fire me they wanted to they wanted to keep me there for a hundred years they really oh know, yeah, yeah they loved me because <laughs> I just I guess because I didn't question them for making me do stuff I probably shouldn't have been doing.
0: What well, and for me I'm not in any unions, but grocery stores makes me think of the recent experience of avoiding buying Nabisco because as far sure. as I know those workers mm-hmm. are on strike. And turns out a lot of the cookies are Nabisco. It's very hard to get cookies. So many if you avoid that. Yeah, but I avoided it. It felt great.
1: Well, and now there's another Kellogg's has a strike that like I think I think just maybe started uh, this week. Yeah. So, as of this recording, so it's like they, Man. they, they're, you know, hey, I, I hopefully there is there is an ascendancy of labor power in this country, particularly in those sectors of of you know in the food supply chain where workers are are usually treated so so awfully, um, but you know we'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if any of your parents were in unions, but I think of my mom being a classroom school teacher for a long time, and I am mm-hmm. I'm immediately like, oh, that's union work, even though there is so many right. other kinds.
1: Yeah. My mom was a nurse, which I I, I believe she was she was in the uh, the nurses union. Yeah.
2: I think uh I think my mom was in she worked in a um a school cafeteria for a bit. Uh and I bet that that was a union uh experience. Uh but prior to that Probably, she yeah. was not in a union and neither was my father. Um so unless there was like a carpentry union, which there might have been, who knows.
0: Oh, well,
3: possibly yeah. That means Jesus was a, a union man.
2: Mm. <laughs> right. That That is what that means.
3: <laughs> well, because if there was a carpentry union, he was a carpenter. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Follow your logic, yeah, hey. and it, it's flawless.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say that I, I kind of wish I was in a union. Now, I would like to join anybody going on strike because I think I'm just really good at holding a sign. Like, if you need me to hold a sign, it's like I don't care. I'll, I'm there, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a specific skill because you'll, you'll yeah. get you'll fatigue quicker than you think holding a big yeah. sign.
3: Yeah, I'm like no, not me. Uh, I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: What leads you to believe you have side skills?
3: I don't know. I just feel like I would have a fun time. Also, like I'd be proud of the sign that I wrote probably. So uh-huh. I'm agonizing over what the sign is going to say and be like, Oh God, like, is this funny? Is this good? And then when I get there and be like, Oh, look at some of these signs, some of these signs freaking, they're not, they're not so good at they, That's what they came up with. <laughs> look at this sign. And really Man. just like using pride to propel what I got on the right. sign.
1: I had the opposite of ex- experience. I was on the bus headed to a, a protest and I had like a fucking f- f- cardboard sign that I made with like, uh-huh. Like, you know, like a back of a shoebox and a, the top of a, sh- the lid of a shoebox and like a Sharpie. It just looked like absolute shit. And there was, there was someone sitting at the front of the bus that was clearly going to the same place. It had just like an amazing, like big sign with like a <laughs> f-ing stick attached to it. And I was like, ah, I look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't show me up. It's true. The last march I was in, cause you're seeing the back of everybody's signs, mm-hmm. a lot of them are, box the product came in and so occasionally right. i'd just be like i wonder if that fan is good you know because like i'm just <laughs> seeing it for a mile in front of us you know five rows ahead
1: <laughs> if there's anything like if there's anything that's been i mean most of the world's been discouraging i don't know why i said if there's anything that's been discouraging but if they're like in it, regarding labor specifically when you see things like it's like the the you know an amazon, the amazon warehouse that tried to unionize and you're like oh that would be so huge if they did it and then just like you know the the corporate power to be able to just sort of like like scare everyone uh into uh, or or misinform everyone into you know voting against unionization that effort collapsing like it's like there's there's an aspect of like oh it's encouraging that this effort was even made but man you really you know how bad life is for people inside those Amazon warehouses because the workers will just say how bad it is. And then yeah. it's still so tough, so difficult, such a challenge to get, uh, you know, a non-unionized
0: workforce to come together, particularly with,
1: with U.S. labor laws.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, um, two things with that. One is it was uh, uh, we won't talk about it much, but as of late September, that Amazon warehouse in Alabama is going to get another chance. The, hey, like, there you people go. investigated and found that Amazon did a bunch of illegal stuff, like having ballot boxes on company property. And Wait so they minute. get another not, chance to unionize.
3: Not my Amazon doing something <laughs> tricky like that. What, <laughs> what the heck, Jeff? <laughs> I know,
0: like the river Amazon. I can't believe yeah. it myself. But, uh, and then the the other thing is that it that everything you said, Nick, that leads into the first chunk of the show, because on uh, on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week, that's in a segment called. I'm a numbers boy. To me, stats are joy. Map is classic. It's fantastic.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, this is
0: so up my alley. Is, is,
2: is, is everyone Matt and Nick? Is that the, the thing? Did I like get booted into some like alternate universe?
3: Yeah, you're in a matrix where everyone's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all those green characters coming down but it's just our faces like enjoying this yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that uh, that suggestion that was from kevin amend thank you kevin we have a new name for this segment every week please make him as silly and wacky as possible submit to sift on twitter or to sift at gmail.com And uh, there's a few numbers about unions, because the first number is outside the U.S. It is 66.1 percent. That is how many workers in Sweden were part of a labor union as of 2017. Wow. So almost two thirds of Swedish workers are in some kind of union, some way. Hmm.
1: Whoa. That's 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 like I mean, that's clearly it's going to be, I'm sure, way more than than in America. But I still kind of. For whatever reason that still seems low or lower than I'd expect for uh Oh wow for yeah. a Scandinavian nation. I don't know. For whatever reason I'm just like have this concept of like, oh yeah, those these socially democratic states where like everyone is unionized. Still it's still very
3: good. They would probably have more higher numbers if there was like a carpentry uh union, but all their stuff comes from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> so you could do it yourself. <laughs> I uh... I almost couldn't even say it. I was so pleased.
2: I lived in uh, the Netherlands for uh, a chunk of my life and uh, was told that there was a, you know, obviously prostitution and sex work is is legal there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the first things you find out is that they have a union. Uh so wow. they have healthcare, they have rights, uh they have or- organized lobbies that uh that awesome. um yeah it, it's it's not like i it's a joke in movies, you know, oh we're going to go to the red light district, but yeah. really it's like if you're going to make this kind of work the safest it can possibly be, then there also has to be a union present to represent the labor, which mm-hmm. is right. pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: When you were in uh, the Netherlands, was it Boom Chicago? Were you is performing there?
2: Yes. I was there for almost three years. Um, great country, great city, great job. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Boom Chicago employees do not have a union. It's to ask, yeah. So we, uh, I mean, if you're willing to live, if you're willing to move across the world to work as a comedian... Uh, Not a lot of labor protections. I mean, there's the there's the regular labor protections that are present in the Netherlands, which are great. Like, you know, I could go get dentist work done or walk into a hospital and not be in debt for the rest of my life. Like all that in 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 place. Uh, And there are also like uh, protections for labor that are built into the government, even if you don't have a union. So if you're at a certain job for a certain length of time in the Netherlands, you cannot be fired like unless oh, wow. you have like unless you've done something grossly negligent you can't just be fired and replaced by somebody else you there has, there's a huge burden of proof on your employer past a certain length of time so like your your job is protected uh, but if you're just like a, a you know a 20 something doing stand up and improv and sketch um, you're being you you're being paid in in pocket change mm-hmm. and you're so mm-hmm. you're like oh god i'm so hungry yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but you're but where are you gonna go you know like right. how do you... <laughs> yeah i'm already <laughs> yeah, over <in> here <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also uh nick when you were surprised by the number you i i'd say you were basically right it, it turns out that uh the Pew research center says Sweden, in recent times, it's around two-thirds union members. But as recently as the year 2000, it was over 79%. Wow. So that's actually like a pretty sizable recent drop in Swedish unionization. And they say that across the OECD countries, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, it's like free market democracies, basically all of them have seen a drop in union membership since the start of the millennium.
1: Wow. And, And it's all related to
3: IKEA? (laughs) <laughs> the meatball union took a took a big hit.
0: <laughs> That's a union meatball. I don't know. That's not anything. there's but, there's but still Italian. It's just <laughs> <laughs>
3: No matter what, it's not, even, it's not even like where it is. It's just yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the meatball, meatball affiliation. is, is, is <laughs> a talent.
0: <laughs> well, and the, the next number here is 10.8%. 10. 10.8% 10. is how many U.S. wage and salary workers were in a union as of 2020. God. So very different from Sweden. Whoa. So
2: depressing. <laughs> oh, man, that's a bummer. Awful, awful
0: yeah, it's not very many. Um it that's is a kind yeah, but of but funny... we've got
2: more billionaires, am I right? Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Yeah, and that that's more than fourteen million U.S. workers because we have a large population. The next number looking backward is twenty point one percent. In nineteen eighty three, that's how many US workers were in a union. So from nineteen eighty three to now <laughs> so they like bad. cut yeah. it by yeah. half about.
1: Yeah. Not even a quarter of the workforce was unionized and Ronald Reagan rockets into (laughs) office basically saying, like, this has to be put to an end. This is a problem.
3: (laughs) And then meanwhile, known criminals like Jimmy Hoffa being like, hey, the union? Very good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really true about Reagan. Uh, When Next number here. The next number is 48 hours. And 48 hours is the amount of time offered in President Ronald Reagan's ultimatum to striking air traffic controllers. Man. And I I had heard of this story, but I didn't know that part that uh, NPR has a rundown that on August 3rd, 1981, a union called the Professional Air Traffic Controllers Organization went on strike and they all work for the FAA. So it's a federal thing. And that same day, Reagan gave a speech where he said they had 48 hours to come back to work or else they would be fired and they would be barred from ever doing that job ever again.
3: Oh, my God. For anybody. And it wasn't because his speech took so long because he talked so slow? <laughs> <laughs> he said 60% fewer wells. We'd be, we'd be out of here.
1: <laughs> Is, and that's what happened, right? He just fired all of them.
0: Yeah, and then uh, it's it's as it's as I understood the story before researching, he just went ahead and fired them. The Reagan's administration made this forty eight hour ultimatum. They also found enough scabs to keep about half of U S. flights on schedule and still happening. And then about thirteen thousand of them went on strike. And forty eight hours later, he fired eleven thousand three hundred fifty nine air traffic controllers. Like most of them stuck it out, yeah. and he just went ahead and fired them anyway.
3: So grim. Not looking yeah, good but- for my heroes, Reagan and Amazon, losing two <laughs> in one podcast. Yikes! Yeah.
2: If it makes you feel better, Matt, imagine him firing in his funny voice. You know, like oh yeah. Oh, yeah I saw you. I saw you swing for it, and then decide yeah. to go back into the dugout.
3: <laughs> it's because you know what I was picturing. I was picturing. Specifically, Michael Showalter doing Reagan in the Wet Hot American Summer series, <laughs> and it was just having a little laugh with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, this came up on another episode a few weeks ago. Everyone has a Reagan. It turns right. out, yeah, like that little soft well. We everyone has well. It. well. We possess. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, you know, that (laughs) that envelope that apparently, uh, uh, you know, U.S. presidents get that that's either like the the joke, the the joke version is that it's uh, and I forget who's what stand up does this. Uh, which is that you open up the book and it's a an angle of the JFK assassination that you've never seen before, and, th- and, that's, right. and that's all it is. And you're just like, oh, okay, I understand. Uh,
3: <laughs> but I think it, I know the comedian. I think it's what's the deal with JFK?
2: Can you imagine if Seinfeld told that joke? <laughs> but but what if what if they get the envelope and they open it and and all it is is. It just says all American presidents go to hell, and then your you're like, "No, well, uh, yeah. well, all right." Oops.
1: <laughs> it's it's a uh, it it was a really truly the the you know I think I was born in 1980, and so basically what I what I've lived for is just the the, the general I've lived through basically the general decaying of of the American Empire, but also mm-hmm. just like the workforce being further immiserated by, uh, you know, austerity and just uh, and just an erosion of labor rights at, at both the state and federal levels. It's really, really discouraging. Um, yeah. And so that's that's why, like the, the small bits of encouragement you can take are things like, you know, hopefully this IATSE effort and, you know, like the the, the Nabisco, the Kellogg strikes any and any time you see you see labor kind of asserting itself. For me, that gives me like a little bit of hope.
2: So I was born in the 1700s, and for me, I'm still reeling from the fact that kids aren't allowed to work anymore. I mean, like, <laughs> you want to talk about, like, you you want to shift the labor force a little bit. Get those 12-year-olds back into the factories.
3: And my generation wants to abolish work.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: Matt, stop TikToking about abolishing work. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone doing like
3: one of those dances.
0: (laughs) I feel like labor is almost like due to start being active again, striking again. And it's partly these signs of it doing things. But also, according to the New Yorker, that air traffic controller strike breaking was a really big change. Because during the 1970s, the U.S. averaged 289 major labor strikes per year, so almost one a day. Wow. And then in the 1980s, due to this, it fell all the way to 83 strikes per year. And in the decade of the 2010s, the U.S. averaged 14 major strikes per year. So that's just kind of not a part of labor in the U.S. anymore, even though it's an important tool of a union in a lot of cases.
1: It's so, it's so rare. And then the high, and thankfully it doesn't seem to be the case with IATSE, but you know, with, with this, some of the, what's happened is that there's like at the high profile labor stoppages. I, the, for ones I remember, you know, like the, the WGA strike in the, in the mid two thousands, I wasn't a member then. Um, but you know, they, they went on strike for a while. And then, you know, certainly like some of the, 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 the labor stoppages and pro sports these are like mm, yeah unions with wealthier memberships that have these higher they're in these higher profile fields and so like that the, i feel like the reaction to that from both the media and from the general public has sort of been like what are you complaining about i go to my job you know it's kind of been like these, yeah. these who are these spoiled rich people going on strike when their job is to throw a ball into a hoop which i think has not which i think is not you know helped organize labor in the us either just like that having that being that gut reaction of like it's uh you know again because no one else is unionized they don't see the the value in it
0: yeah, wow. Well, it does seem specific, doesn't it? Like my, my mindset with my mom being a teacher, I was like, oh, unions are for like teachers and a couple other jobs. Baseball. Right. That's about it. But no, yes, it, yeah. it, can be, it can be most yeah. workers. That's not a... right.
3: well, I was going to say, I feel like my exposure, my early exposure to like what a union was was like on sitcoms when somebody would be like, oh, the union and like punching in and punching out like a time card or something and just being like, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, why am I watching this? I don't know what's going on but that guy works at a donut
1: shop and has a yeah. two-story house so yeah. <laughs> yeah and someday that'll
3: be me
0: <laughs> well and uh, and also the u.s isn't the only country this shift has happened and talked about sweden a little bit but next number is british it is 6.5 million that's how many british workers were in a union in 2013 according to the economist And that's a huge drop from 12 million unionized workers in 1979. So 1979 to 2013, about half of British workers uh, are no longer in a union, especially because the population grew in that time. Right. Yeah. And their sort of version of the Reagan air traffic thing is Margaret Thatcher crushing a mining strike.
3: Three for three. In 1984. Yeah. Uh, so sorry about your hero, Margaret
1: Thatcher. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matt's going to take the framed Iron Lady poster off his wall.
3: Yeah, just tear it slowly yeah. in half, crying.
1: <laughs> there was a movie, wasn't it I think there was a, a this, like, I learned about this, because, you know, not it's not like British politics ever really uh, breaks through in the U.S. media, but so I learned about yeah, this no. through a movie, I think it was called Brassed Off. That was just basically about a bunch oh. of a bunch of workers uh, yeah. at a mine that Margaret Thatcher closed, who were just sort of like, "Well, we got nothing to do," and so they formed a brass band. It was just like, it, oh. you know,
3: yeah, I kind of what a, pleasant a movie, kind of what a, cute a joyful movie. take on it.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's it's. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's also like they're in. It, I, I kind of put it in the same mind as the full Monty, a because it's British, uh, but B because it's the same sort of thing It was just like these these people who are kind of like, well, we're out of we're out of work, we need some way to make money, what if we do this? What if we try this wild thing?
0: Yeah, and it was a a very, very long strike. It lasted almost a year, so I'm sure people did things like that. Like, ah, now we're a band or something. Right. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was was a 362-day strike, and it ended with absolutely no concessions to the union, and Thatcher like, didn't just decide to stop it. She, years ahead of time, was planning to crush it, because I guess there were signs it was coming. Her government secretly stockpiled enough coal to keep the UK running for six months. They made secret deals in advance of it to have non-unionized drivers transport the coal. And then there have been documents declassified in 2014 that revealed that Thatcher's backup plan for bringing the coal around was to use the British military. If she couldn't use the drivers, oh. uh, and then they used police to like physically attack and injure the the miners too, so it was just it was all the bad things all at once.
3: Man, uh, and she got away with it, yeah. one well, one thing about rotting like- in hell with Reagan? <laughs> <laughs> well um the <laughs>
1: one thing about uh, like l- one thing i will say that you know in the, in the u.s we have this kind of still this this regal re- uh, reverence for presidents we'll see i mean honestly we'll see it when trump dies there will still be like a state funeral will be sort of like the solemn occasion it's just it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that's just how everyone every president's treated i remember when thatcher died there was like people just like at the people just like holding up middle fingers to the procession and they'd like interview like <laughs> some old british woman she'd be like
3: i'm glad that she's dead like it's just like, it's like that's great paddington said that <laughs> yeah, that's a hard guy to upset yeah
0: yeah he kept his hat on it was very rude uh, you know. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah and he turned around and he lifted up the back of his little coat it showed his butt he moved him his cute little butt
1: was adorable
3: <laughs>
0: all right off of that we're going to a short break followed by the big takeaways see you in a sec
3: Because
0: of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grownups. Linda, and last number here takes us into the first of the main takeaways for the show. Number is 13.6%. That is how much more an American union worker earns than a non-union worker on average. They earn 13.6% more. Uh, And that takes us into the first takeaway. Takeaway number one... Statistically speaking, labor union membership has huge benefits for you and the people around you. Yeah. It's really good. And even in like surprising ways that we'll get into. For sure.
2: Unless, Uh, unless, unless you're the boss. Right. In (laughs) which case, yeah, everybody around you's got these benefits, but what's happening on your end? You know, you made the company. Shouldn't you? I made this company. Where's the bosses' union? You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> well, we got to get the, who do we get involved here? We got to get, we get Springsteen on the horn. We right. get the boss baby. We get Hugo. And then, I guess that guy, that the bagel, that, the, oh, the bagel boss. Yeah. Big
1: boss man, maybe.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Big boss man, Boss Hog as well.
1: There you go. <laughs> you you pulled Hugo Boss.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it's. I will just say, like having I, uh, the the non union uh, internet ri, internet video and uh, you know a, a one non union TV job I had uh, doing the same thing of writing. And then those versus the Writer's Guild jobs I've had, those jobs were A, harder, and B, what like, paid way less. Sure. Like, went yeah. from, like, I can, I'm, this is, like, survival-level compensation to, like, oh, okay, I can kind of have a little bit of comfort now, you know? Yeah, It's it's wild what a difference it makes.
0: And it's for, like, that unsurprising reason. Like workers are able to collectively bargain and make it right. happen. And then the other benefits are really exciting to me. Uh, but that that thirteen point six percent number comes from a book that's a source for this. It's called "Beaten Down, Worked Up: The Past, Present, and Future of American Labor" by journalist Stephen Greenhouse. He says that that thirteen point six percent higher pay is the figure after you adjust for age and education and other differences between workers. Wow. Um, unionized workers are more likely to have retirement plans, more likely to have health care, uh, that and that adds up to like basic higher life expectancy too. But then the the more surprising stuff from there, one of them is that statistically unions decrease the gender pay gap across American industry.
1: Mm. He
0: says that women in union work earn on average $0.94 cents per dollar a man earns, which is not perfect uh, or maybe not even good, but it's yeah. better than the average for, of $0.78 cents per dollar for women at non-union jobs. Mm-hmm. That's a That's better than it could be.
3: Let's get that. Let's get that extra six percent, baby.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Like, I, I'm go. a little bit surprised by it. All, but like the union should yeah. just even it out, I think. So that's actually <laughs> yeah. kind of frustrating. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 different than the other thing.
1: Well, oftentimes yeah. with a, it yes. feels like with a collective bargaining, you're bargaining for like a base rate and, and some some basic protections. But like you know, what happens is a lot of people will get the the inequities will come in when people will get their their um. their personal deals ne- negotiated for above minimums so like I just 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 like in yeah, the just can, in the like the 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 writing side of things it'll be like these two people are both staff writers but this one person were able to was able to uh, have their reps negotiate yeah. a higher rate and oftentimes that's where like a gender inequity will come into place hmm. come to play hmm you know.
2: Is that what's ca- happening huh <laughs> <laughs> i right, get it now okay yeah I understand it <laughs>
0: Yeah I also I I wish I had a way to know now I'm thinking of the the huge pay disparity in American sports by gender mm-hmm. like like male athletes just make millions on millions more than female athletes do and right. it's unfair. Maybe that's swinging at some, but it's also probably some basic unfairness too.
2: Well that's because, you know, you get paid less when you win more and uh you know like the US women's <laughs> soccer team and like knocking it out of the park mm-hmm. except with soccer metaphor Right. And yeah, that, yeah, that reduces their pay like 50, 60%. You cannot win those that many many games. You have to like You have to internationally and then you can get paid the big bucks. I am right. I am 3 podcasts away from becoming Linda Hamilton and Terminator 2. Like just like
0: oh. <laughs> You could pull that off though. I mean, we'd all be better for it. It would be, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) If you keep uh, podcasting with Nick and I, you might be uh, one away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's this one. Please don't leave. Please don't (laughs) leave. Please hold out. (laughs) We'll be uh, a next benefit here is uh, that union membership statistically lines up with more racial tolerance among its members slate I, covered I at 20 like
2: that sorry um I'm gonna you're gonna have to bleep this one I don't like that word tolerance mm. I don't oh, like yeah, it yeah. like I don't yeah. like that word it's uh,
3: we'll put up you, with it yeah that's right. like that's right. kind of like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> the, the, the tone Mm-mm. of it is like hey like we we don't like this any more than you do but you gotta, gotta we gotta do this okay <laughs>
0: Right, guys doing time cards like, can you believe this? And you're like, yeah. yes, it's a big world. What's, why are you? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, and, and the the study we've got here, it's, it's Slate covered a 2020 study from a team at Princeton and at the University of Washington. And they found that union membership reduces white racial resentment toward African-Americans. Uh, and they also found that union membership was negatively associated with support for Donald Trump. He got more white union votes than past candidates, but it, the union aspect still decreased it uh, versus the population. Wow. So that's something,
3: you know.
2: Well.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> what a bummer across the board that last couple of statistics was. Right.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, man. Uh, He's marginally better. You yep. know, we're, we're, we're no longer like... Ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. The ne- I guess the next one fits that too, uh, but it's that union <laughs> membership makes you more likely to vote. And uh, you know, hey. not enough Americans right. are voting. But,
2: that's great. Yeah. That's great. According to
0: Jake Rosenfeld, a sociologist at Washington University St. Louis, uh, across the US stats, union membership increases voter turnout by 5 percentage points versus somebody's that. five? 5. Yeah.
2: 5. Ah, uh, you yeah. set that up with like nine I was thinking like ninety-five. No. Here we go. Oh. Five percentage <laughs> yeah. points.
1: According to the Department oh, of man. Labor, union membership increases life expectancy by an average of seven days. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you're a I, I, if you're a woman in a union, you can look at your male coworkers just a little less angrier <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: It is, you know, you, you, these studies all are all coming from from universities, but a lot, but so often it feels like you'll read like about these same universities trying to crush their own unions, like their are unions yes. of of yeah. uh, you know janitorial employees or um, you know dorm cafeteria employees or grad student unions, like they're all they're just like they're it's it's just like that interesting thing that kind of happens at all, like these are these liberal spaces that are commissioning these these you know liberal studies but they're also like um but they're also like you know doing everything they can to to short shift their their workforce
0: yeah it is it's uh, if people don't know especially grad student unions are a thing that's like forming at a lot of universities and right it's like it's like you say Nick like you would think the administrator it like puts down their Lots, of, I, just the hackiest stereotypes of a liberal, like, I've spit out their New Yorker and then like, yeah. oh, I guess I should help these guys. But no, yeah. they're not doing that.
1: <laughs> I am a New Yorker Prince subscriber and I drink lattes almost daily, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hold the coffee, he says. He just wants that hot milk. <laughs> 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 Ugh.
0: And then the the last stats here, this is from uh, from an article of The New Yorker by uh, Caleb Crane. I was not reading far down on my own thing. Uh, But he he covered a few more surprising benefits. And he says that statistically, the children of union parents earn more when they grow up than the kids of non-union parents. Oh. And that's for a whole bunch of reasons, like the stability of the jobs that the parents have and then the community there Mm -hmm. and everything. Sure. Um, and then most amazingly, children also earn more when they grow up if they are raised in a neighborhood with many union families, even if their own parents are not members, like just that overall societal right. stability oh. is apparently a boost too.
3: the tide, you know, yeah. raising the, raising the ships and whatnot. Yeah, all the
1: right. ships. That's
3: how it goes.
2: Not just some <laughs> of the ships. Is yeah. it is it is is union are unions depressed simply because there is a minority of people who are in charge of messaging is that it why else would there would there be such thin union membership uh, like and and, de- and declining un- union membership across the board yeah like internationally yeah
0: that's a good question
1: uh, is it
2: just because is it just because the media is owned by those six companies or whatever
1: i think probably that has something to do with it you know when you get like yeah. a it uh, just just like the increasingly pow- uh, the, these increasingly powerful stateless, you know, cor- uh, global corporations that can kind of just sort of like can can take their workforces wherever. It's just a race to the bottom in terms of, of labor protection. So, like, yeah, I think that 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 probably has a fact to do with it and it probably has a lot to do with it. That plus the the media convergence you mentioned. Huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer.
0: When well, I'll link a I'll link an article from Gallup, they say that in general, a majority of Americans think unions are good and and feel positively about them. It also super splits by party. Sure. Sure. But yeah, And then apparently in the past few decades, the biggest thing undermining American unions is what are called laws, right to work laws, which are named in the most tricky way possible, because it means you can work a place without having to join its union. And then people just don't pay the dues and don't join. And then the union goes away.
3: Yeah,
1: it's a it's it's uh, that that up is down messaging that you know the, Re- the Republican Party is so good at of like yeah I yeah. support right to work I'm in favor of right to work but yeah when you dig deeper it's like well yeah it's the it's the free rider program with unions that you can work yeah. a job and not have to be a union member and then eventually its power
3: declines it's that it's that stuff that makes. Me then like watching something like Squid Game, being like, "Yeah, I can see why you would do this. Like, why, you would, why, you, why you would try?" Right.
1: Well, well, isn't a part of it too also the the you know the is because uh, because uh, there's the there's card check right, and card check is well if we get enough people yeah. to sign a union card, we can organize a shop, uh, we can organize our workplace. But you know the the corporations always want an up or down vote. And it's another messaging thing where, like, if you're appealing to uh to voters who have their own things going on you're appealing to average people who don't have time to like you know dig in on politics and understand the nuance of it you're like card check i don't want my i don't want a card check what is that uh but an up or down vote that's good that's pro-democratic where when, when in fact yeah. what ends up happening is the the up or down vote is like what happened with with amazon that you mentioned of just like then now this corporation controls this thing and they're stuffing ballot boxes or whatever
0: what unions are and how they work. I, ju- I just wish people got it more or else knew that they were voting in a way that is opposed to them. Because then there's this separate poll where people are like, yeah, union sounds good. But then they, they pick things that don't do it. Right. Well, we got a, another big takeaway for the main episode here that we can get into. And it's takeaway number two. Really? Labor unions created clothing tags.
3: Really? That originated
0: from union practices and how they labeled union made stuff.
1: So they're to blame for why my neck is so itchy. <laughs> that's the second time I told this joke yeah. uh, because, we, uh, wobbly because we had to yeah, retake that thing. Yeah, because of tech issues.
3: And we <laughs> had to retake that.
0: We had to retake that. I insisted. When the internet was out, I started shouting at everyone. I was like, we have to have it, is the joke that makes us.
1: And this is the part where we completely lost Heather.
2: <laughs> Do you guys... I mean, maybe we're just using a different word to describe things. Like, because you, you... I mean, sure. Okay, sure. Are you? Are you... Are you confusing the definitions of words and jokes? Because hmm. like, you're saying words <laughs> a bunch.
1: Yeah. Won't argue with you there.
0: <laughs> Bye. so sorry. So, uh, so the uh, the main source here, it's a, a TDM.co article by Ernie Smith, and uh, it's a quick story, but uh, we're, we're pretty used to clothing tags being for, like, sizes and for what the stuff is made of. Um, but he points out that the first major U.S. law that required those kind of tags passed in 1960. Before that, maybe mm. manufacturers wanted to do that, but he didn't really have to. Um, but he says that before that, the first common clothing tags were union tags. It was a tag that just said this garment was made by a union worker and thank you for buying Union. And uh, that was common by the start of the 1900s in the U.S. Uh, It also, the practice started with cigar makers adding them in 1874. Those were the very first Union labels and tags in the U.S. But uh, Union tags stayed common for most of the 20th century. There was also a union called the International Ladies' Garment Workers Union, or ILGWU, that had TV commercials with a song called Look for the Union Label. To promote buying union clothes, like that—that was kind of what tags were for for a long time.
1: By the way, uh, we have to note: uh, uh, Matt is giggling, I think, because his girlfriend is um, petting their cat with a broom in the background. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's being a little pissed. (laughs)
1: Can you even get a union garment, like a union made, like, I know you can get American made clothing, but can you get an American made union made garment? Can you buy
0: one? So I, I was like, I got to guest on Jackie Cation's podcast, the Dork Mm -hmm. Forest, which is awesome. And I got to have a shirt for doing it. And I was, like, stunned by the tag because it was a U.S.-made, union-made T-shirt. Wow. wow. And I, right, exactly. That was what I did when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> this is incredible. I didn't know that's a thing. But she's supporting them, and they're doing it.
3: That's hey, right. great. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the only time I've seen a U.S.-union-made garment from the present right. day. Because uh, Smith's article right. says also, like, union tags are now mainly used by vintage clothing sellers. to, like, figure out when a garment is from. They can kind of date it by the way it's written and stitched.
1: That's depressing. Yeah. Oh, man. But
0: also, uh, and then also there's, like, an extra wrinkle where we're just kind of moving away from clothing tags in general. Like, in 2002, there was a Hanes campaign with Michael Jordan celebrating their tagless T-shirts. And and nobody saw that and said, like, what are they, anti-union? It's just, like, a, a, a thing now. Tags are just for sizes and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a comfort thing. I, yeah, hey, you know what? I, I don't mind that. I, I get a shirt with no tag. I'm, the worst shirt I'm wearing now doesn't have a tag. Oh, wait, it does.
3: Wait. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good tag. It's a good tag. It's a good it's tag. tag, It's yeah, not an yeah. inch my neck.
0: <laughs> and then there's one last quick takeaway for the main show. Takeaway number three. Labor strikes date as far back as ancient Egypt. Hmm. And huh. they, they didn't totally have the concept of labor unions in ancient Egypt, but this is a practice that is normal, is the point. It goes back thousands of years.
1: Wow. wow. Is, yeah, that the, I... is that why the Sphinx doesn't have a nose? <laughs>
4: Nick.
3: <laughs> Nick, <Nick-a-lis. laughs> We have we have an opportunity here. We have we have an opportunity to get Heather back, and this is how you use it. <laughs> He's not coming back. She's doing chin-ups right now. I've, right.
2: <laughs> I've sort of uh, I've mastered the art of uh, simultaneously being a lo- uh, like awake and in a coma.
4: Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, uh.
2: For me, this, it's really, you know, you guys just can, you can do your stuff and not, you, I'm, I'm here, but like my brain is completely shut off. Do you know off. if that's like, why just,
3: the Sphinx doesn't have a nose? <laughs> I just, I just, I, we didn't get an answer to it.
2: Because, because of a, a labor union dispute? Yeah. You know what? I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah. I'm positive. That's what happened. Let's just move on. What You know, we'll put it in the history books.
0: Well, the quick details of it, uh, this is this is a story from the year 1170 B.C., mm. so more than 3,000 years ago. Sources are Lapham's Quarterly and the Journal of Near Eastern Studies. Um, but in 1170 B.C., Pharaoh Ramses III was focused on building huge tombs. This was after the pyramid times. They were doing the tombs in the Valley of the Kings. So he was focused on huge tombs and also spending a lot of money on wars and so there are like potsherds with a written record of the tomb workers walking off the job, wow, because they had stopped paying them their food and clothing and ointment. That was the the payment for being a tomb worker and digger was those three things. And so they Gotta walked to off the that. job.
3: Gotta get that ointment. Yeah,
0: I have. I, I yeah, I want to know everything about the ointment. Like maybe it was awesome, and I can't get it <laughs> yeah. now. You know, because was ointment. The feds. I don't know.
3: If it's so good that you're going to walk away from your job for not getting it, I got to right. get this ointment. It it must be good.
0: True, it's probably awesome in that case, yeah. yeah. It rocks. And the the other thing about these workers is uh this is the Journal of Near Eastern Studies, quote, these were a very special group of men. They and their ancestors had lived in the same village in the Theban necropolis made tombs in a single locality and maintained themselves principally by hewing and decorating the tombs of successive pharaohs, end quote. Wow. So this, like, labor unions didn't exist as a concept, really, until the Industrial Revolution, but the, and there were guilds and stuff before that, but the point is, like, that description makes me think of, like, a union industry in town, and, you know, like, there's, like, stability right. and generational passing of the job and stuff, and it's from a long time ago. How about that? yeah so that's a good thing wrap it up that's a good thing feels good Hmm.
1: yeah it's pretty cool you have to go literally a thousand years in the past but that's encouraging
0: (laughs) (laughs) folks that is the main episode for this week My thanks to Matt Apodaca, Heather Ann Campbell, and Nick Weiger for organizing with me to make a fun podcast. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story, related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the surprising and more interesting truth about Luddites. That's right, Luddites, a trope most people know, a you know, a reality that most people don't. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than five dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring labor unions with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, statistically speaking, labor union membership has great benefits for you and the people around you. Takeaway number two, labor unions created clothing tags. And takeaway number three, labor strikes date back as far as ancient Egypt. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. All three of my guests co-host a podcast called How Did This Get Played? How Did This Get Played is on the Earwolf Network. It's a show about the worst and weirdest video games of all time and the experience of trying to play them on purpose and also stuff about the best games and how much joy there is in them and everything in between. And then individually, Matt Apodaca is an amazing improviser. You can hear him guest on Comedy Bang Bang and elsewhere. Heather Ann Campbell is also an amazing improviser. You can see her performing on the new season of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Also going to have links about Heather Ann Campbell's writing as well. Nick Weiger co-hosts the Doughboys podcast with the Spoonman Mike Mitchell. Amazing podcast about all of the food in the world and being very funny about it. And I'll link anything else that slipped my mind when I sat down to tape this, because these folks have a lot going on. There's going to be a robust guest link section, because they're awesome. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great book titled Beaten Down, Worked Up, The Past, Present, and Future of American Labor. And that's written by journalist Stephen Greenhouse. A great article, in particular for stats, from The New Yorker. It's by journalist Caleb Crane, and it's called State of the Unions. Also a wonderful article from Ernie Smith at tedium.co about union tags, plus all kinds of stats from the U.S. government and academic studies and more. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at Sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you'll love this week's bonus show about the Luddites and so much more. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that... Talk to you then.